So hi, welcome to the Good Noise Podcast. I'm Shane. I'm Glory. And we're here with... Uh, Russ from Shark Club. And we're asking some questions today about their new album, Here Be Electric Joy. So congrats on that, by the way. How do you feel about the response to it so far? Thanks. Uh, it's been cool. I, we haven't been seeking any, uh, you know, response from anybody else. We're just really excited to have it out and have uh, new music out there because it's been a long while for us. Very mm-hmm. long. I know you guys were talking about this back when we interviewed you last year. Yeah. So it's crazy to see it out a year and a half later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so is there any meaning behind the album name or cover art? Yeah. Uh, it's a funny story that we like to tell. Uh, this is ye- years in the making. I think maybe 2017, our band was playing a show at somebody's house in Delaware. Mm-hmm. and um we had already we probably already played we were probably opening and so you know everybody's kind of everywhere in the house you're either watching the set you're outside doing whatever and our drummer david who's the youngest person in our band was in the kitchen because uh on the refrigerator they had like a bunch of those magnets with the words on them mm-hmm. so he's tinkering and we're like okay david's occupied like he's fine this is gonna be <laughs> Yeah. And so he's he's tinkering, he's tinkering. And so finally he goes, oh my God. And he runs and he's looking for all of us. And again, we're scattered. He like runs outside and grabs me and finds whoever else. He's like, you guys have to see this. It's incredible. So he rushes us all over and he points at the refrigerator. He's like, look at this. And we're like, what? He goes, read what I made. And it said, here be electric joy. And we're like, what? He's like... <laughs> He's like, isn't that an incredible, like, cacophony of words? Like, isn't that awesome? Mm-hmm. And we just laughed at him uh, because we didn't know what he wanted us to say. Yeah. <laughs> he was, and it's like, perf- it's like, if you know our drummer, David, that's like perfect David. You know, it's an example of the kind of person he is. And we mm-hmm. brushed it off like, whatever, man, like, here be Electric Joy. And we were kind of then poking fun at him, like, that'll be our next album title or whatever sure mm-hmm. and so fast forward yeah what like four excuse me four years later we're genuinely trying to come up with a title for our upcoming album and uh, co-frontman jake goes hey guys do you remember that time david did that thing <laughs> and he said here'd be electric joy i would honestly seriously consider that name and I agreed, and David kind of maybe didn't want us to name it that because he knew we were still poking fun at him. Um, but we went with it because I think it, even though it has a silly backstory and makes us smile, mm-hmm. I think it fits. Um, yeah. Particularly, you know, the last two words, you can make whatever definition you'd like. But um, we really like that story. It's kind of an inside joke in the making for like four years for us. So. That's the story behind the name. <laughs> I love it. That's really cool. Yeah, that's wholesome. And <laughs> the cover art. Oh, the cover art. I apologize. So um, David was making such a stink about his thing. I remember we all took a photo of it and we're like, whatever, man. Um, and so when we finally decided to seriously go with that for an album title, we were searching through our phones, our archives uh, for that original photo. And even though we know it exists, we couldn't find it. 
So I um, just went ahead and I kind of recreated it. And, uh, you know, there's other word magnets on there. And those are like little codes of like lyrics or people that helped us yeah. make the record. And so we, we made it our own. But dang, I wish I had that original picture. It was so funny. Between the everyone in the band, everyone that took a picture, not a single person could find it. No, it's, it's see, so and that's upsetting. a problem because you know from 2017, some people are like, "I have, I have a new phone." I think I've had two phones since then, and then oh yeah, um, got lost yeah, in the cloud. Know. Yeah, it's lost in the cloud somewhere. <laughs> um, yeah. So, can you tell us a little bit about your writing process for this album? I would assume it's across many years. Yeah, and you know, it's not like we were writing songs for four years and then said, "Let's go in and record." We've been actively trying to record for the last four or five years mm -hmm. um it's just you know while we really love doing music it's a hobby for us we all are either in school or actually have careers so we it was just a matter of finding the time to be able to all meet up in a studio space and record so that'd be like over the weekend and then, you know, oh, this coming weekend doesn't work for me. I have to travel. I have a family thing. I have another thing. So I have a global pandemic. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that'll just build on to it. But uh, we're, we're always writing. This has taken so long that we'd actually written songs while we were recording and we'd bump a song off the album and put that new song on. Mm -hmm. Um and so like this record's out and we're super excited about it, but we also have like about 20 other songs that we would like to record in some capacity and put out. So there's songs in this record that, like I said, are brand new. There are some that we would have released on our prior release. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a, it's a good mix of everything. It's like I said, four years in the making. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I know, like you mentioned, the, the whole reason why it took so long is the recording process and not being able to all find a time. Uh, would you guys ever consider like one person at a time going in the studio and recording when each person has free time? Or do yeah, you guys prefer being in the studio together all at once? Obviously, in a perfect world, you want everyone to be there because I think everybody, we want it to be collaborative and everybody's got really good ideas. Even, you know, if my bass player's there, but we're recording a guitar part, I'm you know, I, I would love his input. Um, and it got to that point where not everybody could make it. So it was, I would make a trip to Philadelphia and record. Our drummer would meet with our producer and record. But even the, you know, my schedule and the producer schedule sometimes wouldn't meet up and stuff like that. It just got really tricky and, and messy. I think the next time we do it, we're going to do the normal band thing and make sure we have like a week or two block where we yeah. can just all meet up and knock it out <laughs> yeah fair enough yeah, yeah. good plan yeah uh, so i want you to tell us your favorite lyric off this record and the meaning behind it the favorite lyric mm -hmm. holy gosh i didn't anticipate that um i didn't anticipate that question yeah uh, our questions have, have gotten think... better since the last time we spoke yeah right holy holy <laughs> um i mean while i'm looking up the band camp with all the lyrics i'll try and think of what my favorite song is okay and there's a lot of really good ones mm -hmm. right now i really like the song walk i think that's really cool so let me find a lyric from walk 
Okay. Um. Okay, this lyric doesn't mean anything. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I'm sure it means something. But uh, Jake wrote, "Red light, green light, all around. You can't get out of this two-star town." Um, and so, uh, I like that just because you know, again, a little inside baseball. Uh, our other songwriter Jake, uh, he never names his songs. It's very difficult for him to find names for songs for, and so for a lot of time, these songs don't have any names. Mm -hmm. So it's up to us to come up with like our own placeholder names. And the that opening line of red light, green light all around, it, it stuck out to us enough where we actually almost named the song red light, green light, which actually oh. we kind of did because it's walk and then we put the parentheses, which was a kind of, again, an inside joke for us. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I love hearing him sing it. I love hearing him say it. And I, I really can't tell you why, but, um, you know, this was a song that we've had for a long while and we were excited to have recorded. Uh, and I would say that that lyric, even though it's small and kind of inconsequential, uh, is quite nostalgic for me. Oh. Ah, I like that. Mm -hmm. uh, so how did the track list uh, for the album come about? Did you guys write the opener be the opener, closer be a closer? Did you just shuffle the track list and say, that's good? What was the process like for that? Yeah, I'm kind of obsessed with track lists and sequencing and making sure everything's in its right full place. I love an album with a really solid intro song and outro mm -hmm. song. And I find myself writing intro songs like all the time. <laughs> And so I, yeah, our, the first track on this is Cough Drops. And when I wrote it, I didn't know if it would be for this record or not, but it definitely had like intro song vibes for me and the band agreed because it starts off slow and then the whole band comes in. And I think that that's exciting to hear. Mm -hmm. And then um, for that outro track, we we had another one lined up, but that was an example of a track that, we kind of bumped out. Uh, it was one of Jake's songs and he actually had come out and said, I think I've actually outgrown this song, which is crazy to think about because you're actively writing a record, but for us, it took four years. Mm -hmm. And in that four year span, he said, I, that song's really, I don't feel anything that I wrote from back mm -hmm. then. Yeah. So we were, of course, kudos to him for speaking up and, and saying that, even though we all thought it was a great song. And we were kind of shuffling around, finding something new. And we think that the song that we put there is a solid uh, closer. Again, it is a Jake song. I think it's the one that we replaced that other one with, actually. So it ended up working out. Um, yeah. But yeah, the whole track listing and making sure things blended with each other. We all, and everyone in the band and our producer, we'd have very long Zoom meetings <laughs> just talking about what goes where and how and why and and when so i, I hope uh you know it, the thoughts the thoughtfulness goes through to people for sure mm -hmm. uh, so what song off this record took the longest to write oh snap you asked that one the last time and i should have been prepared for an answer <laughs> um you know what i do have an answer there's a track on here called next year that I remember took forever to write. Um, again, that's a Jake song. Mm -hmm. And Jake usually comes to the band with uh, acoustic demos. 
which is exciting because we can all add our own bits and pieces to it and maybe change up the groove or whatever. And so we, I, I think I had come up with an initial version and we were like, this is like, there's something there. So then I came up with like a second version mm-hmm. and we're like, yeah, maybe that's a step in the right direction. And everyone started collaborating and we get like a little closer and closer. And then sometimes we'd be like, no, you have to go like five steps back. Yeah. We were sending the demos back and forth. I'm pretty sure there was like a next year version 12 or something oh. like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, you know, you start thinking about how like, you know, some of the best songs that you write come to you in like 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. So when you're overcomplicating it, you start second guessing yourself. So I think we kind of started from scratch like a handful of times with that song. But um, where it's at now, obviously, we're really proud of it. Uh, but that one definitely took the longest to write. <laughs> Since you said like you started from scratch with that song for a couple of times, why did you guys keep on doing that? Because as you said, some of the best songs come to you in like 15 minutes. Did you really really yeah. like believe in that song and think that it was going, it had the potential to be something really good? Yeah, definitely. Um, because and. You know, I think we started from scratch because, you know, like you had mentioned, the best songs come from, you know, 15 minutes. So, like, why, you know, sit over, like, is this the right chord progression? Is this the right lead part? When you can just wipe the slate clean, come to it when you're feeling a little bit more creative and see if you can come up with something fresh on the spot. Um, And again, you know, there's four people in our band, including me, we want it to be collaborative. So everybody's input counts. And so, you know, that has its pros and cons because there could also kind of be like a too many cooks in the kitchen sort of deal. So you're you're trying to get the approval from everybody, making sure everybody likes their parts and that they think it sounds like shark club and that Mm -hmm. it's sounds like it belongs on this record. It's really, that's the hardest part about writing is, I think editing yourself, at least for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, I think it ended up working out for the best on that particular track. Oh yeah. Uh, so where was your headspace at while you guys were writing this album? I know we keep on saying it. It was over the course of four years, so I'm sure you felt yeah. a lot in those four years. Yeah, it's all over the place. I mean, I, when we, there are some songs on there that I wrote before I graduated college, and okay. now I'm like three four years removed from graduating college and there are songs on there about you know life post-college there's a song in there about like I'm graduating college yeah (laughs) so the headspace is all over I I mean I can only speak on my behalf Mm -hmm. um but again we tried to find songs that there are great songs that didn't make this record that just didn't fit the flow or the energy that these other tracks had mm-hmm. um i wish i could come up with a more specific answer for you there shane you're all good uh yeah, you keep on good. mentioning that you had like these other songs songs that were scrapped during the process did you record those songs like do you have songs recorded or is it just these uh actually we we i'd, I'd say yes one of the other hiccups that we had while trying to record the album was that we were almost done and then our producer called me one morning and said, my hard drive explode. Uh, he didn't, it didn't explode, but it broke. <laughs> um, and it was unfixable. So we had to start from scratch, which ended oh, wow. up being, yeah. Yeah. It was pretty big news, but 
I think I handled it pretty good not to toot my own horn, you know, <laughs> no use crying over spilled milk is what I kept telling the guys. And mm-hmm. I think our drummer was the most positive. He's like, this could be a blessing in disguise. Like we're familiar with the songs. It'll mm-hmm. be like a cinch to re-record them. And maybe we'll hear something that we'd want to add, which is yeah. exactly what ended up happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, definitely in that first round of recording, there were a couple of songs that we would have recorded, but they're exist anymore there was no like cloud backup anywhere and it's lost up there you know i gotta dig through my text and email archives i'm sure we had mixes that we had shared with each other but Mm -hmm. we know we know what songs we didn't keep Mm -hmm. and we demo a lot and pretty extensively so they're they're in our archives and they're not lost for us We, we can go back to them and if they fit on something in the future We'll we'll put it on there. All right. Okay. That's fair. But but like no secret B sides to be released anytime soon. Okay. Come on. That was basically what my question was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, if you're in the studio and you're gonna record something, like, even if it doesn't fit, like, get it out there. Like, I'm Mm -hmm. not gonna be sitting on it. Like, I'd want it. I'd want it out there. I mean, cost money to be in the studio too. So yeah. Fair enough. Don't want that to go to waste. Exactly. But so how do you recommend your fans to listen to this album for the first time? Should they put it on the dark with headphones on? Should they go on the car trip with some friends? Should they blast it at a party? What do you recommend? That's a really good question. Um, <laughs> I, I want people to be comfortable, consume it whatever way they want. For me, I know I'm the type of person who likes to listen to a new album start to finish, whether that's in my room alone with the headphones on or driving in a car. Mm-hmm. That's my one thing that i'd say i hope you listen to it start to finish because i think that's the way that we wrote it and sequenced it so that Mm. you can enjoy it like that um that'd be my only uh ground rule for listening to the record for the first time all right start to finish perfect uh so this question should be super super quick off the top of your head i want you to describe this album for new listeners in three words no more no less uh uh be electric joy no try again um i think it's fun i think it's energetic and i think it's crazy is that how many z's are on that crazy it's less about the z's and more about the secret a before the r crazy oh i see okay okay all right Uh, so is there a certain feeling or emotion you want this album to invoke in your listeners um you you know people will put us in you know different sort of categories like i I think a a word we hear a lot is emo Mm -hmm. i think emo has a bit of a negative connotation toward it i actually didn't like that word until i embarrassingly very recently realized that emo is short for emotional Mm -hmm. wow yeah yeah it took me a while but (laughs) that means this music evokes emotion which i'm like well isn't all music supposed to do that i think that's pretty rad yeah um and so there might be like slow somber sad sounding songs but I, i i hope nobody feels that way when they listen i hope if they hear something that they can relate to, that it makes them feel better. But like I said, I, I mentioned fun and energetic. I think there's some really cool songs that you could kind of like air punch to and dance to and <laughs> mm-hmm. listen to get you pumped up. And I, I hope that's what people go back to this record for. And it makes them 
feel good and like they can do anything. Oh yeah. That's good. Uh so what band or artist influence you thinking hear the most on this album, if any? Um well I'm gonna give you like a really probably an annoying answer. Is that okay? That's fine. Have your permission. Yeah. Okay. Uh when we first started our band, uh, a lot of people would come to us and say, like, you sound you guys sound a lot like modern baseball. You guys sound a lot like a front bottoms. Mm-hmm. And that was a really big compliment for us because those were groups that we had grown up admiring and probably the reason why we started writing our own music. But the more people would start saying that, the kind of off-putting it was, not that mm-hmm. we ever were offended by anyone saying that, but we had a, a very clear intent to go into this album and say, we want people to come out and not say it sounds like this artist or this artist. We want people to say it sounds like Shark Club. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I'll tell you that, you know, whenever I write music or aim to write music, I always look back to bands like um, Yellow Card is a really big one for me, particular mm-hmm. their, uh, like early 2010 releases. Those made a really big impact on me musically um, and sonically. You could throw modern baseball and stuff in there too, if you'd like. Metallica for sure. Um, but Modern baseball and Metallica. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's there's a bunch. And, and, you know, I'm not the only songwriter in the band. And even then, like our drummer and bassist, they'll throw in their two cents, like I mentioned. But uh, hopefully, like I said, people come away saying this sounds like a a Shark Club record should sound. So it's a good answer. Uh, So what was your favorite memory that you made while creating this record? Oh, um, there's a lot of good ones. I think for some reason, the one that comes to my mind right now, we recorded a, most of this at the Drexel Studios. Our mm-hmm. drummer, David, went to Drexel. Um, and so sometimes when we record, we kind of have like little studio parties, like a bunch of his friends who are also our friends would come and sit in and listen to everything that we were doing. And they'd have lunch with us and chat it up. And I remember I was recording a guitar part and I wasn't getting it right. And it started to get really frustrating. And there was like a whole team of friends there who would like come up. They would see that I was getting frustrated and annoyed and like rubbing my head. And each of them, like at their own pace, would kind of come up to me and pat me on the back. Like, hey, you got it. Like, you're doing good. Um, and I thought that was really cool. I, I, I grew up... Um, in high school, I played football and there was kind of a lot of that camaraderie type of thing, like mm-hmm. holding each other up. And um, I wouldn't say that I didn't expect that coming from the music community because it happens all the time. and People are really nice. But I, I remember that making me feel good, like. Not that I was embarrassed to be messing up and people were there. It was just I, I think everyone because they were all in bands, too. They're like, eh, I've been there like mm-hmm. you're going to get it mm-hmm. and it's going to sound really rad. Yeah. So I remember that being a, a cool moment for me. That's so wholesome. That's yeah, that's I very love wholesome. That. <laughs> um, so picture this, you're on tour, you're at a gas station for a rest stop. What is your snack of choice? Oh, 
it honestly, it depends what I'm in the mood for. I'd probably get a bag of chips. What mm-hmm. kind of chips, you ask? It depends what they got on the shelves. Uh, I think the best chip that I ever had in my life was a baked Dorito. Remember when they did like all the baked chips? I yeah. think I remember that, yeah. It was it was crazy. Um, <laughs> but I, I like uh, plain Lay's. I like Doritos. Um, if I'm thirsty, I'll get like a big thing of iced tea. Mm-hmm. Unless I want to go to sleep because it has caffeine in it, kids. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm really feeling it, I'll get a really big bag of some sort of candy. Got a little sweet tooth. Ooh. Actually, what I'm sorry. Type of candy? Oh, and any candy, something chewy, maybe like a sour pat, big one of those big bags mm-hmm. of sour patch or skittles. I, I don't know why I forgot about this. You could scratch everything. Delete. Okay. You could actually delete what I was saying if you want to edit this later. I'm joking. <laughs> um, like that. That's not. I love ices. Oh. Okay. In fact, like sometimes on my way home from work, I will pull into a Wawa and treat myself to an icy because I'm feeling it. Mm-hmm. As you should. Yeah. So I'll get the biggest icy you can get because like you'll get a small and they'll be like, it's like nine cents to get the next thing. So you just yeah. may as well do it mm-hmm. uh, and I'll icy it up. All right. That's perfect. Respect it. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so on the topic of food, if the band was a dish, what dish would the band be? <laughs> it's a great um, question. I don't know. It's tricky. Our drummer David, I don't he can't eat pork. Um and that's tricky sometimes. It's funny. Uh, okay, how about this? Mm-hmm. Ready? Ready. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what kind of dish it would be. Yeah. It would be a dish that you found at a golden corral oh because it's a buffet (laughs) and you put it anything that you like on there okay (laughs) so just all of golden corral not golden corral specifically i've I've heard i've never been i've heard very bad things yeah i've um... but think of like a I was just, that was the only brand name cafe I could think of. Yeah. Just like a high or quality buffet. buffet. Yeah. Yeah. All like right. at a, like at a hotel or something. Con- there you go. A hotel's I- continental mm-hmm. breakfast. There you go. Perfect. That, yeah. that makes sense. I like I'll that be, a lot. I'll be the blueberry, little blueberry muffin that they got. <laughs> and then Eric, our bass player, he could be the strips of bacon. Mm-hmm. Even though David can't have bacon. <laughs> David could be the scrambled eggs because he's a wild card. You don't know if you're going to be too runny or just right. Yeah. <laughs> and then Jake. Jake loves coffee, so he'll be your glass of coffee. All right. Wow. Of coffee. That's perfect. I like this. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Way better than Golden Prowl. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so for the last couple of questions, we're going to shift away from music. So if you could be one animal for the rest of your life, what animal would you be and why? Hmm. My favorite animal is a penguin. I'm not sure I would want to live somewhere cold, though. Ooh, maybe I'll be one of those South African penguins. Oh, yeah. Because it's not cold there. No. And you can be a penguin. Look at that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Penguins are pretty cool, I think. They are. They are. We love penguins here. So true. Nice. (laughs) So if you could have lunch with any celebrity or artist, dead or alive, 
who would you have lunch with? Well, that's something I think about a lot because a lot of people will ask you that in your life and that mm-hmm. it always changes. Um, I think right now at this moment, I'd probably say like Norm MacDonald. That was a, I don't know if you guys are familiar. I don't know how old you are, but uh, Norm MacDonald. Young. <laughs> yeah. Who Who is that? He's a stand-up comedian, one of the best to ever do it. He recently passed away unexpectedly. Oh. Yeah, he had like he had cancer for the last ten years and told nobody, like not even oh his, God. not yeah. even his family. Um, but he, everyone had said like when when he passed away, like do yourselves a favor and like go on YouTube and look up like anytime he's been on a late night talk show or any of his sets, and I would have to recommend that f- for y'all. He mm-hmm. was uh, he was spectacular. He was my favorite, and then he passed away. And of course, he still is my favorite. But mm-hmm. uh, at this moment in time, I'd say I'd love to grab a bite with uh, Norm. All right, that's good. That's uh, awesome. So for this last question, boom! You're on a desert island. You can bring one movie, one person, and one album. Who and what are you bringing? So easy. Movie favorite movie of all time. Big fat. Lo- uh, wait, wait. Favorite movie of all time, the 2002 summer blockbuster hit starring Frankie Muniz, Amanda Bynes, and Paul Giamatti, Big Fat Liar. Again, oh. if, you're, if, you, if you don't know what I'm talking about because you guys are so young and youthful, look it up. It's okay. my favorite movie of all time. I, so by, in my career, I'm like a video producer. Mm-hmm. And I swear, I swear to God, that was the movie that made me realize that I wanted to do that. Aw. Right. That's amazing. Well, if you saw the movie, you'd be like, what is this guy talking about? <laughs> I kind of uh, got that from the title. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's my movie. Um, my person, I will say my wonderful partner. Uh, she's the bee's knees. Shuts Aww. up. Shuts up to her. And then the uh, album. Probably a yellow card album. My favorite one. When you're through thinking, say yes. Again, for you young people came out in 2011 you're not that young but oh. check it out I, I think people think about yellow card and they're like oh yeah ocean avenue but like no think about like 10 years later <laughs> there are grown adults and they're writing like actual music <laughs> sick um so as i said that's all the questions we have today is there anything that you would like to plug um i'm sure if people are listening they know about the album here be electric joy that's out we made a really cool music video for it called Bill Murray, where we recreated every Bill Murray we- movie we could think of. Uh, yeah, go check it out, Shane. It's pretty. It's pretty cool. Um, All right. And then, uh, would it be weird if I plugged my podcast on here? Go no. for it. People have done it before. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, you know what? I'll say this: we were on your guys' podcast, and we were like, "That's really fun." We have friends who are in bands. It'd be cool if we did that. And so we did it. So thank you for in- helping inspire that. Our our podcast is me and my bassist, Eric. It's called Sound Town. And uh, we like to have bands on, usually people that we know, because it's kind of an easy way for us to catch up Easier, uh, yeah. selfishly. Yeah. But also, you know, it's cool to get into other people's creative um mechanics and how they go about writing a song and organizing a band practice and it's a platform for sharing ideas and promoting each other's uh, art so it's been fun oh yeah Yeah. i love that 
Mm-hmm. Uh, well, thank you for Snap. That's been Russ from Shark Club, and we have been the Good Noise Podcast. <laughs>